Welcome to the Woodland Heights Baptist Church Sunday Talks podcast. Sunday Talks is a weekly roundtable discussion about theological and cultural topics. For more information and show notes, visit whbcconway.org forward slash Sunday Talks. Here's your host. Good evening, church family, and welcome to another episode of Sunday Talks. I'm Rox Horton. I'm the discipleship pastor here at Woodland Heights. I'm excited to get to speak with you tonight as we continue to look at uh, Jesus' model of discipleship. And we're in our third week uh, discussing what discipleship looks like according to, to Jesus' ministry. And so if you've missed any of those weeks, I would encourage you to go back and to, to watch those. Um, and so what we're going to see, or what we have seen over the last few weeks, is how um, Jesus really implemented this model of discipleship and how he did it uh, during his ministry. So I'm going to go over those real quick just as a reminder. Um, and we'll continue to go over those each week. Um, the discipleship happens in four stages. And we talked about the first one last week, and it was large gatherings where we would see Jesus would have great crowds that followed him that he would speak to, and he would teach God's word to them and, and disciple them in large groups and so you know kind of what that looks like for us as the local church um, we do that through our Sunday morning corporate worship and so we talked about what corporate worship should look like for us and the purpose of corporate worship uh, last Sunday and so that step was really important as we understand uh, why we come into corporate worship is to commune with God or to fellowship with God um, and to spend time with our Creator and spend time with our Savior and so Corporate gatherings are, are so important uh, in this model of discipleship. And, and again, as we go through these, there, there's not one step that's more important than the others, but if we're missing in one of these areas, we are really going to struggle and growing in spiritual maturity, uh, which is what Jesus has called all Christians to do. And so the second step after large gatherings, we see that Jesus um, has a smaller group that he pulls from this large group he goes out and he chooses what we know as the 12 disciples but he chooses these 12 to come into to build this smaller group and this purpose of this group was to dive deeper and into ministry with and to teach them more in depth and to live life with them and so we see him build this group of 12 or he would train them for the work of ministry and that was the purpose of this smaller group and that's what we're going to focus on tonight um, and then the third step was he actually took from that group of 12 an even smaller group of just three where we see, you know, James, Peter, and, um, James, Peter and John are pulled aside and, and he goes even deeper with these three as he continues to build them up to be leaders within the church and to teach them and to send them out to do exactly what Jesus is doing. And then the last one we see is personal devotion where Jesus would leave his friends, he would leave everything else behind, and he would go and he would just spend one-on-one -on -one time with God. So this step's very different from the rest. Is it's, it doesn't require any other person. It doesn't require a disciple person, or, or somebody being the discipler, or somebody being the one being discipled. It is a personal relationship that we have with God, and it is spending time with him one-on-one, -on -one, letting him minister to us, letting him speak to us. And so that we can hear from him. And so countless times we saw Jesus do this, where he would just leave the crowds and he would leave his friends and he would just go spend time 
with God and for us to grow into spiritual maturity this is a very important step for us to, to get to where we spend time with God on a regular basis um, allowing him to speak directly to us and to our hearts so those were the four steps that we saw that Jesus um, built within his model of discipleship as during his ministry as he was building the first church he was building this church and this is what he implemented for his discipleship making process um, and so as I mentioned earlier we discussed uh, step one last week for corporate worship or large gatherings and so with that today we're going to discuss um, the second step which is smaller groups and, and I know that there are going to be differences of opinions from what I have on this and that's perfectly fine I'm not saying that Every, you know, this has to be done my way, but I do feel like we need to look at what Scripture says and we need to see what Jesus did and we need to try to reflect Jesus. We have been called to walk in Christ's likeness. We are supposed to grow in our faith to be more like Jesus. And I think that also speaks to the church as we are called to do ministry um, the way that he did ministry. And so that we, we learn that Jesus taught the masses and then he did, then built this group of smaller men that he would meet with for the purpose of going deeper into the things of God and firsthand teaching them what it looked like to follow God. And so, again, this is what we know as, as Jesus' 12 disciples. And, and for us here at Woodland, our small groups, what we would be call, what we would call Sunday school, uh, which takes place on Sunday mornings at 945. So if you hear me say small groups, um, I'm referring to what we do it as Sunday school classes. Um, and so just make sure that we're clear on that and so and before we even get started on that if you're if you're not part of a small group class if you're watching this and you're and you're not part of a small group or not part of a Sunday school class here um, at Wood then I cannot um, encourage you enough to start looking to join one uh, being a part of a small group is imperative in, in the disciple-making process that Jesus has implemented. It is imperative for us to live out our faith and walk the path of righteousness. We need brothers and sisters of Christ to come alongside us, to build us up and to encourage us. And we need to be that for other people. And we can't really do that if we are not part of a smaller group. So if you're not part of a group, I would highly encourage you to start looking for one. Um, or reach out to me and I would love to help you uh, find one that you can get plugged into. So Jesus, Jesus models this small group for us as he leads his 12. And what we learn from Jesus and how he led his small group is that he lived life with these people. These 12 men that he called to follow him, he knew them intimately. He prayed for them. He wept over them. He lived life for them. He struggled with them. He knew their strengths and their struggles. He taught them firsthand practically how to live out their faith and how to share the gospel and to, to love people. And so he loved these people and encouraged and he prayed for them. And so how we see Jesus live or lead his 12 um, is what every Christian, regardless of where you are in your group or what role you have, or this is what we should learn from and we should strive to imitate this. As, as we live our lives and we live out our Christian faith, as we should try to do what Jesus is doing for these 12, um, the way that he knew them and, and did life with them and was there to encourage them. And so from Jesus, we learn that the purpose of small groups um, and what we should be mirroring in our Sunday school classes, and I have a few things that I really just want to, I think there's more to it than this, um, but I think these four things are 
four key points and purposes that we see that a Sunday school class or small group should be built out of. Um, and the number one thing I think the purpose of this is, is for accountability. We all know that we face temptations in life. We face struggles in life. We can get lost in a large crowd, but when we are a part of a small group, there is an accountability that takes place that helps keep us on this path of righteousness that God calls us to be on. And I love that the very first thing that we see when Jesus starts his ministry, that he calls his disciples and invites them into his group. He says, hey, come and follow me. We see in Mark 1, 16 and 17, he says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So very clear cut. If you're going to be a part of my group, we are going to reach people with the gospel. That is the purpose of my group is to reach others with the gospel. He says, I'm going to teach you how to live out your faith. I'm going to teach you how to love God and to love people. So the disciples knew exactly what they were getting into, and they bought into Jesus' purpose for their group. And so we need to be clear as we start groups and we lead groups here at the church that we, we know what our purpose is. That when people are coming in, that they know, hey, this is what our group is about. We are about reaching the people, the lost world with the gospel. And that is the purpose of our class. And so from that, we see Jesus first lets them know what are we going to do here and how I'm going to hold you accountable. And then he goes into his second step is that if I told you that I'm going to send you out to make disciples, I am going to equip you for ministry. So the purpose of the small group is to do ministry together. And then Jesus says, I will make you become fishers of men. I am going to equip you. I'm going to pour out my wisdom and I'm going to teach you how to share the gospel. I'm going to teach you how to love God and how to love people. Jesus did not call his group together to gain all of this Bible knowledge and all of this Bible wisdom to just take it home and sit there and do nothing with. That is not the purpose of Jesus' small group. That, was not the, that should not be the purpose of our Sunday school classes here at Woodland. We should not just be about coming together and, and, and talking and building up this Bible knowledge and not actually applying it to our lives. Jesus' small group was alive and on fire for the gospel. They took what they learned and they went and shared it. They were young Christians and they took what they learned and they went and they shared it the best they possibly could. So the purpose of this group was to glorify God and to build, their, build God's kingdom. And that should be the purpose of our Sunday school classes here at Woodland. And so Jesus did that by equipping his disciples for ministry and physically going out with them and teaching them who God was and how to serve him. And he did that by serving with them. He's like, let me go show you how, how do you provide for these people's needs? How do you tell people about God? I'm going to show you how to do it. And then you're going to learn how to do it on your own and I'm going to send you out to go do it on your own. And so with that, we see as, as Jesus is equipping them, he is now going out and he is serving with them and, and doing this, this teaching practically firsthand with them. And that leads us to our next purpose for small group classes, and that is for serving together. We, when we look at the Great Commission, it is a command of action for the church. It is a call to go. And so if we are discipling someone or being discipled, the number one purpose of discipleship is to continue making more disciples, to continue advancing the gospel and doing our part to build God's kingdom. 
And so we want to make disciples that make more disciples. And that is what God has called us to do through the Great Commission. And so that means as a small group, we should be going and we should be serving together. This should be something that we are actively pursuing. And that is a a focus of our group is to go out and to, to do this and to serve our community together. And so if you read the Gospels, you will see that that this group of Jesus and his disciples, they were constantly going. They were always on the move, going somewhere else. They left everything behind to advance the gospel. And they were always out serving. They were providing for the needs of people. They were teaching them about God. They were encouraging others. And they were encouraging one another. So Jesus' small group was equipped for ministry. And then they went out and they did ministry together. And so our last step of what I believe, according to Scripture, that a uh, Sunday school class or small group, um, their purpose should be, and, and the last one is fellowship. Uh, I, I want to encourage every class to implement um, fellowship times into um, their groups or their classes and, and to meet outside of church times for fellowship. When we see fellowship in Jesus' ministry, it's oftentimes eating a meal together at someone's house. And during that time, we see that it's not just always just sit there and do nothing. It's usually very intentional with Jesus. Jesus had a purpose for everything that he did. And so we see it was a time of reflection. It was a time of encouragement and strengthening and praise to God for what he has done and his goodness. And so when we look at the Last Supper, when Jesus got his disciples to get together as a, as a time of fellowship to celebrate uh, the Passover, we see that they sang songs together, they prayed together, they ate together, and they encouraged one another. And so this is really the perfect example of what fellowship should look like for us as we get our classes together. And so we get together to enjoy time with our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, building these intimate relationships with one another. Because if we want to go out and to serve together and be in the trenches with our brothers and sisters fighting the good fight against evil, then we need to know who we are fighting with. And that only comes from these intimate, close relationships um, that comes through intentional times of fellowship. So I encourage each class to, to spend time in fellowship with one another, just continuing to grow and get to know one another and to build each other up. And so when I look at this model that Jesus implemented for small groups, um, I see why Jesus only had 12 people, why he only called 12 to be part of his group, um, plus himself, which made 13. And so I'm not saying that 13 is like the perfect number for a small group. Uh, But I do know that being successful in each of these areas of accountability, equipping for ministry, serving, and fellowship is really hard if our groups get too large. I can't hold 80 people accountable or 50 people accountable. As leader in a class, I'm just not capable of doing that. And so I think we can make it hard on ourselves and we can allow people to fall through the cracks when we allow our groups to get too large. Um, And so having intimate relationships with others and living life together requires a lot of time and investment. And that becomes challenging when a group becomes too big. And so I encourage each of our classes to do some self-reflection and ask yourself, why do we exist as a class? What is our purpose? When we show up here on Sunday mornings, what is the purpose of it? Why do we exist as a class? 
And then as we continue down that road and we start thinking through, well, how healthy of a class are we? And I would encourage you again to add, are, are we judging health of our class based on how many people we add to our class and how much each of us love our class and say, man, this is the greatest Sunday school class ever, which a lot of people would say about their class, which is awesome. Um, or do we judge success of our Sunday school class or our small group on how well we do ministry together? How well am I living life with the people within my group outside of the walls on Sunday morning? How well are we doing of getting together and doing ministry together? And I think that is what we should be doing, um, is we should be making sure that our class is going to go out and we are going to serve. That, you know, and we're going to have intentional times of fellowship. And I would almost encourage you to maybe do this. Hey, hey, once a month, we're going to have a time of fellowship. And then on the next month, we're going to have an intentional time of going out and serving. And so that we are getting our fellowship in, we are serving together. And then Sunday mornings is a time of accountability and equipping um, for ministry. And then we take those things and we go out and we use them um, together as a class. But again, I think it's, we first have to think of what, what is our purpose and why do we exist um, before we can get to having that kind of model within our class. Um, and, and again, I think as we, if we get too large in our classes, it becomes really challenging to serve together or to fellowship together because, well, not everybody can be here or it's hard to serve with 45 people at one time. Um, so as those numbers get smaller, it is easy to be more intimate and it's easier to do this ministry like we see Jesus do here. And so as we think through why we exist, it may be possible uh, that we could be more effective as a class if our mindset was to multiply our class into two classes or three classes or four classes once we get to a certain size so that we can be faithful to the work that God has called us to do. And so that each person within your class is reaching their full potential and their spiritual maturity that God has called us to continue to work on. And so I think that should be how we focus on our Sunday school classes, is how are we growing each and every person in this room? How are we holding each other accountable? How are we equipping them for ministry? And how are we sending them out? And so I think sometimes is if we kept these groups smaller the way that Jesus did, um, that this might be easier for us as we go and obviously as we have more groups um, there has to be more leaders which forces us to equip people for ministry better and to build up new leaders and the more obviously the more leaders we have in the church the healthier we going to be as we go out into our communities and so again I, I, I'm not saying that this has this is the right way or the wrong way I just think this is what Jesus did and I totally see the value of why Jesus did it the way that he did and so I would just encourage us as a church to reflect on that and to see are there things that we may need to do differently so that we can be more effective for the gospel because that is the purpose of this church is to bring glory to God by advancing the gospel and making Jesus' name known to the world. Um, and so we, we can always go deeper in discipleship and I could talk on these things for hours and um, I'm sure a lot of you probably have questions for me um, that you would like to talk through that you may or may not agree um, with what I'm talking about. And so I would love to sit down because as the discipleship pastor here, I want to come alongside 
each and every person in this church, and I want to watch this church grow, and I want to watch this church be healthy, and I want to watch this church reach the community. Um, and that's only going to happen by us coming together and talking through what is the best plan of action um, for our church and our community. And so I encourage us to continue to go deeper into discipleship and talk more about that and to talk more about um, small groups. Um, but I do believe that these four things, accountability, equipping for ministry, serving together in fellowship is a solid foundation to build off of as we try to imitate the ministry of Jesus um, and how he discipled his followers and how he led his small group. Um, so let me just close with this. Whatever group you're a part of, um, just know that the purpose of your group is to do ministry together, to advance the gospel and build God's kingdom. That is the purpose for all Christians. And that is the purpose of your small group or Sunday school class here in the local church. For us to be effective in that, we must be faithful to hold each other accountable. Um, we must be faithful to equip each other for ministry. And we must be faithful to serve together and to fellowship with one another. So again, if you are not a part of a Sunday school class, then I can express to you how much um, you are missing out on and how much of a blessing being a part of a group is. It is such a joy to walk through life with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And I know there are hundreds of people that would testify to that here in this church that are part of a small group, that that group has come alongside them in a time of need and has encouraged them and built them up. And if you're doing that within your class, I applaud you for that and I thank you for that because we need that as we go through these challenging times in life. We need our brothers and sisters in Christ to be there and to come alongside us. And so again, if you are not part of a small group, I highly recommend um, seeking one of those. And again, reaching out to me and I will help you find one or two that may fit well for you. I would love to be a part of that. Um, but if you're not part of a small group, you are also missing out on a crucial step of discipleship as we are called to, to grow into spiritual maturity. Not having this part implemented in our life is really going to keep us from um, growing to our potential that God has for us. Um, and for those of you that are in small groups, um, I thank you for your faithfulness to be here. I, I'm so encouraged by how many people take part in Sunday school classes um, here at Woodland and, and how many people are leading within those groups, not just teaching, but leading in so many different areas um, with the purpose of building that class spiritually and to, to reach um, the community with the gospel. So again, I just thank you for that and I just look forward to continuing to come alongside um, each of you and to see how we can uh, just make Woodland glorify God the very best way we possibly can. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, thankful uh, for your son, thankful above everything for, for his perfect life, for his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, conquering death, Lord, knowing that through faith in him that our sin is forgiven and we can overcome death and have eternal life with you forever. And Father, as we see what Jesus did throughout his ministry, I, I pray that we as a church would be faithful to imitating the ministry of Jesus, knowing that he was perfect at all times, which means all of his processes were perfect as well, Father. So let us be faithful to living our lives the way that he did. So Father, I just pray as we end this time together that we are encouraged 
Um, as for those of us that are in groups or encouraged by our groups, and I pray for those that aren't in a group that they would be encouraged to join one. Father, above everything, let this church just bring glory to you. Thank you for all that you do for us, and just pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us in each and every way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.